And of course, you have nutritionists now, and you have this. And sports psychologists. Psychologists. I remember the first time a sports psychologist. Our sports psychologist was, our, was called a bartender. Now he's a sports psychologist. <laughs> that was, folks. He'd go to the bar and complain to the bartender. And he'd go, yeah, or she, yeah, that's where the way it's going. The girls were always better, by the way, because they were better looking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you could tell your problems to them. <laughs> Crazy times, man. Oh. The Lightning Audio Network presents Martini Mondays with Phil Esposito and Bobby the Chief Taylor. Have a seat, grab a cocktail, and enjoy the show. Here's Espo and Chief. I re- recollect these times doing this this podcast or whatever yeah. we're doing. Yeah. I mean, I was like, I never wanted to do a podcast, okay? Never. I had, but it sure is bring back memories, oh, okay? Fun. It brings back memories and it makes you think about the crap we did, oh. man. These poor bastards can't get away with anything. I mean, they walk out of the rink and they've got 2,000 phones sitting in their face. They're taking their pictures their videos, those poor guys. Oh, my. I don't know about you, Chief, but I'll say this. I know I sidled up to a bar with a good-looking woman beside me (laughs) and said, can I get you a drink? And Sure, that would be nice. And what do you do? What do you do? Nowadays, there'd be a picture taken. It'd be all over. Oh, yeah. I could fill up, you know, fool around on the road. It's funny. You know, remember I True, said, but I said about that, right. yeah, that 11 o'clock curfew <laughs> that Freddie would have for our team, <laughs> right, at night before to keep the guys in. Well, before they traded for Bernie Perron to come back from Toronto, Doug Faval and I were the goalies there. And we're in St. Louis, the Melody Bar. Oh, remember that wow. place? Do I remember yeah. the Melody Bar? I mean, I'm not kidding you, people. This bar was so dark inside, you had to wear you a miner's see. helmet to get your find your seat. <laughs> you couldn't see. Oh, so and the smoke. Oh, the smoke was right above my head all the time. <laughs> so I mean, we're in there with Mooner, Wayne Hillman, <laughs> Mooner always there. I love Nuggy and I, and I forget who else, and Bob Sloan, the referee. Oh. Hey, I got suspended because of him. Yeah, yeah. I punched him. <laughs> well, Bob, you see. Got three games. I wanted five. I wanted to go away for a week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he was in there, and we're sitting in there, and we look, and it was a long, narrow narrow bar. You know, it was about as wide as what we're sitting here in the top floor at Bernini's. Yeah, it was, long and narrow. But it was long and yeah, narrow. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And it was the length of the whole place. Yeah, exactly. So we were looking out, and we're in the back. We look out. Here comes Mike Nicklick and Freddie Shearer walking by the bar. Well, Freddie just looks like this and walks on. Mike Nicklick is in there like this trying to catch to see who was in the bar. It's looking through the big front window and everything. Like, yeah, but they're not supposed to come in if the players already come in. They didn't come in. Okay. They went by there. Okay. So but he was looking in the window? Oh, yeah. Mike oh, just, you're looking kidding me. Yeah. So, guess what? You couldn't oh, see back. crap anyway. Oh, you couldn't see three feet in front of your face when you're inside there. <laughs> anyway, we go, to the, we go to the meeting at 11 o'clock. Freddie walks in. He says, Favell, Hillman, and Taylor, you're all fined $100 for being in the bar the night before. And we're going, how the hell did he see us? Huh? We couldn't see each other. We were sitting in there. He just guessed. 
Really? He just guessed. And you guys, well, you and, got and we, sucked. But we, didn't, but we didn't have to pay because he would say, yeah. okay, here, because he says, I knew you guys were going to be in there. I <laughs> knew you guys were going to be in there. But I had to make sure I had to set an example because now those guys, the ones that I want that are sitting on the fence, they're going to stay in even better. <laughs> Oh my God! Uh, I, you know, there's so many stories about curfews. Oh yeah, that they used to put on eleven o'clock curfew, and guys would be there. Oh yeah, for the most part, and then go out. And they were creative how they got out. Very creative. Oh, yeah. You, for some reason, you obviously for some reason. It wasn't you Scotty would never Bowman. go through. You would never go through the main lobby. Scotty Bowman, though, was so smart. Oh, I know he, he was. He gave the bellboy, bell guy, a stick. He says, look, when the guys come in, get them to sign it. Exactly. And he got them to sign it. Then Scotty, next, the next day, he says, what time did that guy sign it? Oh, 1 o'clock. What time did that guy <laughs> sign it? Oh, 2 o'clock. Holy... And he caught him. Oh, he caught him red-handed. <laughs> Scotty, he was a piece of work. He, he was a oh, piece of work, man. man. I only played for him in Team Canada 76. Yeah. And he did something to me that still to this day pisses me off to no end. Yeah. We played the first game in, in Quebec City in the Canada Cup. It wasn't the Canada Cup no, called it. Challenge Cup or something. The, uh, I forget what it was called then. It was like an international tournament. I think it came it the might Canada have been Cup. The Canada. Yeah, it came at kind of, we were kind of they were kind of Pondering what to call it. Yeah. And I, I think, think they so. named it about halfway through the tournament. I think so. And we won the first game in Quebec, 7 3 against the Finns, and I got two goals and two assists. Not the next night, the night after, we're playing in Toronto, Maple Leaf Gardens. We're playing the Russians. My dress. I sat at the end of the bench, never got a shift. Really? And the next day, when we were walking in a Montreal form, Cheevers and I were roommates, Cheesy and I, and I see Scotty, and he said, good morning. I said, don't say good morning to me. Don't you dare say good morning to me. I'm, it's 1976. I'm yeah. 34 years old, you know? And I said, look, I'm here for the country, not for you, and I'll take what you did to me, but you piece of so-and-so, you messed with me. And you had no business doing that. Why didn't you just didn't, why did you dress me? Just don't dress me. Tell me you're going to play somebody else. Right. And that's fine. Yeah. Okay, we got all these guys. Christ, you had about 30 guys, didn't you? But why would you try to embarrass me like you did? Yeah. And to this day, he has not apologized. Really? No. Is not apologized. Oh, but those—that's the way the old cookie crumbles, you know. And and when I see him up in the, because he's there a lot oh, yeah. at our games. Yeah, feelings come back about that. Yeah, and I want to confront him, but I said, "That's 1976, yeah, right. man. Yeah, Jesus, Phil, get over it." But it's this thing that's stuck in my craw. Yeah. Uh, you got to take a tums for it, <laughs> to get, yeah. and that just leaves it for a while. And it, and it bothers me, you know. Yeah, it, it does. But you have to make sacrifices in life. I believe 
you don't want to make the the ones that hurt other people. Yep. But you can make sacrifices that hurt you. Yep. And you can accept that because that's your decision. But I don't like to make sacrifices that hurt other people. My family, my friends, yeah. and people that I work with, I would rather not make those sacrifices. I would rather call it a day than make those sacrifices. And I don't know. My brother used to say to me, you're, you're crazy. You really are nuts, he used to say. <laughs> why do you care so much? You know why I'm laughing? Because remember when I first came down here the second year, right? And I kept saying the flyer, uh, lightning, yeah, fly, lightning, and that drove Tony nuts. I know it did. Drove Tony nuts. And I, I used to say to you, Chief. Yeah, I told I says, Phil, I know I keep doing that. I got to get over that. You got over it. Yeah, I did. Think about but you've been 30, 30 doing it for what, 20 years or 20 years, years up there. Yeah. In Philadelphia? Yeah. Cripe. Yeah, I know. I, I understood it because I did it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was broadcasting all those years. Yeah. And you make those kind of mistakes you don't mean to. No. Cripe. I, I, I just think that as a whole, life is what you make of it. Yep. I don't care in what field or whatever you're doing, you're going to have ups or you're going to have downs. My feeling is this, and I've told my kids this, I've told my wife, my wives this. <laughs> if I could be happy 60% of the time, I feel I got it made. Because yep. 40% is going to be bad yeah. or down. <laughs> Some of it's going to be worse. Maybe 10% is going to be really bad. Yeah. But the other 30% is still going to be bad, but you can deal with it. But that 60% that's good makes up for all of the oh, other man. stuff. Oh, and if I could be happy 60%, which I am, yep. and I force myself, if I have to force myself to do that, I do, and it makes, and I'm okay with life, you yep, know? Exactly. It's, I don't know. You know what? It's, it's, it's funny when you, as you get older, now, now we're really becoming philosophers, you and I. <laughs> as you get older, I think the funny part of it is, is that you, Socrates. If you're not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you know what? If you can't make yourself happy, who the heck, why should I, where's it going to go? Well, it starts that way. Yeah, you have to be happy with yourself. And if you're not happy with yourself, I don't care who it is, you know. Well, maybe Natalie would if she was still alive, could probably make me happier. But for yourself, maybe. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and Gorgeous. You're, you're the one that has to make yourself happy. Well, and, you know, I think... On the, tight, the team now, the Lightning team, there are a lot of guys unhappy with themselves. Yep. And they got to get over that. Yep. They got to get themselves being happy. Yep. And if they could do that, I think things will change. It's not an easy thing to do, well, Chief, as no, you know. Oh, no, I know. It's not an easy. And people listening out there that have, that do anything, I don't care what you do. Yep. It's not easy to do that, especially when you have kids. Oh, yeah. That makes it even harder. Yep. But it's something I believe that has to be done in yourself. Yep. Be happy with yourself. See, I've lost about 25 or 28 pounds. And because I was getting, 
I was up to 262. Oh. And I felt, I felt fine. Yeah. But I wasn't happy the way I yeah, looked. Yeah, yeah. And I was getting older. My boobies were getting bigger than my wife's. <laughs> and I, I thought, holy crap, man. Can they find a 50 double A? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Uh, Maybe a 50 double D. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I just felt that, and I I got it, and I went down, and I've got to almost to my playing weight for crying out loud. And, oh, guess what, folks? We're getting served another martini. Martini, martini Mondays. All right. Thank you, Kim. <laughs> oh, this is fun over here at oh, I Bernini's. Know. It really is. Jason's, Jason's a good guy. The people that work for him are terrific. Yep. This girl, Kim, is best. Oh, I know. She's always been the best whenever I come in here. Yep. She really is. Oh. She's the best. Always got a smile. Yeah. Yep. And I bet she's got more problems than we'll ever have. <laughs> <laughs> she's behind the bar, folks, and she's looking at I me, know. and she's shaking her head. Not yes, not no. <laughs> just sort of... Sideways and up and down. Uh, oh, God. Uh, one of the things, I've had a lot of people ask me, Phil, you're struggling right now. How do you get out of that? And I was trying to think back when we would go. And then we would, our battle cry was never lose two in a row. No. Never lose. Ours, and we rarely did. Yep. We rarely did. The poor team, in fact. If you lost three in a row, that was a dangerous oh, sign. Oh, you had a bridge watch. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> we jumped off the bridge and we watched three in a row. But I can remember I can remember Mickey Redmond. Remember? Oh, uh, of course. Still I know. working with Detroit. Yep, Mickey. Good man. Good and guy, Mickey boy. Would, Mickey would always say, We got hooked up one time in uh, Edmonton. I was doing a CTV game up there for them, for CTV, and Mickey was in with them. The two of us were out there. We were out there. In the and we just started reminiscing and talking. He says, You know, Chief, he says, it's it's unbelievable how people would be terrified to come in and play the Flyers, come into the spectrum. Yeah, there was a lot of guys like oh, that. Oh, terrified, they said. Half our team was. He says, and we especially looked to make sure that you won the night before we were going to play you or the game before because we knew if you, if you lost the game before, we're going to get where we were going to be suffering from it because these guys would be so angry with themselves they would take it out on us. And and I was thinking, you know what? It's, it's funny about that because that's what motivated us. But what, for us to get out of it, we probably had more team meetings where, you know, you would get up and you would get in front of a guy and, and get in his face and he'd get in your face. Does but, it do that now? I don't know. I think maybe to a degree, but we did it all the time. We we would make sure. We, we had an unwritten rule. And Gary Dornhofer never drank. We had oh, really? never drank. No, didn't Dorney drink. never drank. Never drank. Dorney never so drank. So he was as squirrely like this. Yeah, he was as squirrely as a natural. <laughs> yeah. But so we would say after every game, every game that we played, especially on the road, every game on the road, everybody had to meet at the local watering hall for a half an yeah, hour. Same here. 
So you could talk over the game. We did the same dinner, thing. Everything. And if you had family and everything. Doesn't matter. They you got to go for one beer hour. for sure. Yep. Well, we said one beer would yep. take yep. Half an hour tops. Yeah. And you would go. And then Dorney would, you know, we'd always make sure that the, that the bar had Coke. <laughs> Coca-Cola. Excuse Coca-Cola. me. I better say that. Coca-Cola. Yeah. Coca-Cola. Yeah. Coca-Cola, yeah. yeah. The Coca-Cola. It's different nowadays. Yes, you know, it you is. You got to say Coca-Cola. Cola. And that was, and you know what? That's when a lot of our problems got solved. Because I agree. the game was fresh in our mind. Yep. And we said, listen. And and the arguments were legit on both sides. Exactly. And then guys would listen. And, guys but would you listen. would listen. And, and you know, and it, it, seemed, it was like us too. I mean, I don't know what it's like now because back when you and I played, there was only French and English players. You know, now we That's got, right. you know, Europeans. Europeans and, and a whole different. It's got to be a whole different. Yeah, you know, language listen. problems and all that stuff and, and, and cultural problems. You know, but we we would all, when you went to dinner, you minimum was seven or eight guys. I remember my first job managing was with the Rangers. And before that, I was broadcasting. And Rayo Rux Rutzelainen, remember him? <laughs> because, because, I'll tell you a quick story right out of orbit. That's good. Because it... it I, at one time, he was Rootsalina. Then it was Rootsalina. Right, yeah. Rootsalina. We had Ilka Sinasalo, another Finn, yes. that sat in front of me. And I said to him, Ilka, what the hell's wrong with you Finns? How come you guys weren't named Smith and Jones? <laughs> he turned to me and said, those are our Smith and Jones. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. It is funny. So I broadcast in the game, and it was Rootsalina's maybe his first or second game. And the the hype was that this guy could skate like Bobby Orr, play hockey like Bobby Orr. And after the first period, second period, it was the second period, I gave him two periods. And I said to Sam Rosen, who I was broadcasting with, <laughs> who was still doing it, by the way, for the Rangers. I said, Sam, the only thing Rootsalainen has in common with Bobby Orr is two legs, two arms, and a head. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> well, you thought I committed suicide. Oh, there you go, yeah. Oh, I got a call from Herb Brooks. He was coaching then. Oh, How Herb could you was? say that about yeah. that? Craig Patrick was the manager. Yeah, yeah. And I said, well, you're comparing him to maybe the greatest player to play in the game. And how could you... You compare them, and you put pressure on the kid yeah. totally for no reason. Plus, he was like 5'9", and a defenseman. In his skates. He was in his skates, nine. and a defenseman. I mean. Yeah, back then, that's that's small. I mean, how is he going to move Schultze from in front of him? Exactly. Ain't going to happen. Ain't or gonna. Clark Gillies. Yeah. Clark Gillies used to pat him on the top of the head and say, get out of my way. <laughs> Clark was his biggest man, Mountain Dean. Oh, tough was, son of a bitch, oh, yeah. boy. Whoa, Good he player. was tough. Good man. I saw him punch Eddie Hospital once, and his jaw went over to the side with the teeth still in it. Oh, my God. I couldn't believe it. Yep. It was like, I never saw a punch like that. I mean, got him. Right. In the kisser. <laughs> and then got him so good. It was a George Foreman blow. There okay. you go. Yeah. Hard, powerful. <laughs> oh, Clark, he was. Nicest guy. Nice guy. And he was so gentle off the ice. He was a 
But he wasn't even that mean. Yeah, no, he wasn't. He wasn't. He was huge. But if you messed with anybody, oh, he was there. Yeah, you could one of those ones bossy. He come up and tap him on the shoulder. Yeah. And go, excuse me. How about you just dancing with me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Leave me. And leave then, the other. And guy. You can see guys. Just the color would just drain, drain from their face. Oh yeah. They were so. Oh my God. What did I do? You know. The thing is that in in all of this scenarios of all of stuff we talk about, folks, these are stories that really happened. Yeah. And we bring back, we're, Chief and I, we've done this before. I remember sitting at the back of his house one night. We had had a few. <laughs> and it started then yep. with the stories. Then the back of my house was sitting there. We're smoking a cigar and, and drinking a few and more stories. And then Steve here says, why don't you guys do a podcast? Because yeah. he hears us sometimes up in the booth, yeah. start saying some stupid, crazy things. <laughs> and he's looking at, did that really happen? Yeah, it really happened. <laughs> so here we are and, doing and a stinking podcast, which I never thought I'd ever do. Yeah, and it's and it's the PG versions of all our stories. I know we can't There's really. What pretty maybe, good R-rated stories going? Yeah, so maybe we'll, if we go on television sometime, we'll bring pictures. <laughs> <laughs> those pictures. I uh, wish I had some of those, but I've been divorced a couple of times. I don't know where the hell they are. <laughs> you know, I can remember like we go back a long way. I I've got I've been this is my thirtieth year. And I came in the second year. Yep. And I can remember when they put that statue out there. And I can remember how happy and proud you were. I was. That it was in a suit and I not was. a hockey uniform. I was. And I'm thinking about it. I says, you know what? I know exactly what he's doing because he's got people you who don't know. Phil is one of the most decorated probably. If you were to name the top five hockey players in ever fills in there and it's incredible but so he's got his hockey life but this baby is so different oh. and think about it and and you know what i i sit there every once in a while and i watch the crowd and i'm sitting there you know and i'm wondering you know did you ever really think that this was going to happen like this would it would be like this because you know i can re remember and you know i did did you really? Absolutely. I because, oh. I remember telling you one time yeah. at your house. Yep. Out, and it was beautiful sunset because he's he's on the water. It's beautiful. He chief has a beautiful place, and we're sitting there and and I, we were drinking wine. Yeah. That night yep. we were drinking wine, and smoking a cigar. Cigar. Yeah. And I and I said to him, I said I really really care about the lightning image i've always cared yeah. and i always thought that this when i made up my mind that this was the place i had no doubts that the tampanians would get into it and i have people tell me all the time oh it's because you got a lot of people moving in from the north and boston area and, and, and new york and illinois and all that yeah, that's part of it. There's no doubt about it. But the locals, yep. the Tampanians, took to it 
like shit to a goose. Yeah, I don't know. I, know. I don't know what else to say. You know <laughs> what I mean? Uh, and and the goose shits a lot. <laughs> I know, but these people have been so great, so loyal, and they've understood and they start. They've learned the game, boy. Oh, they know when a guy is not going. Phil, honest hey? with you, today I'm in Costco. Uh, loading up with Costco, going to put it in the car. This guy comes running over. He says, are you the chief? I said, uh, yeah. He says, wow. And he turns and yells at his wife, who was about at the end of where Austin is, maybe even further away. Yeah. And he says, hon, you're right. This is the chief. This is the chief. And he turns and he says, I'm sorry to bother you, but we are such lightning fans. He says, they got to turn it around. They got to turn it around pretty soon. They got That's today. See, that's my point. They are passionate. Yep. They care. They don't want to see. Look, there's going to be a gradual decline, folks. I'm. I, I got to tell you, I, I I believe that because things go in cycles, and we were on the tops for so long. Yes. About three or four years, and that's unbelievable. By the way. Maybe pushing six. Yeah, maybe yeah. you're right, Chiefer, and. You, you do start going because of the salary cap. Guys start to get a little older. Um, and I've been through this. You get a little older. You don't lose the desire. No. You start losing your reflex, the quickness and the release. You told me something today when you first came in here. Yeah. They blocked 29 shots last night, St. Louis. Yeah. 29. 29 shots, attempts at the net that St. Louis blocked. That's not counting the ones we missed the net. Yeah. That's just blocked. Why? And Steve knows this because he, I, he hears me say it all the time. You cannot hesitate in sure. this game anymore. We had a little bit more time. Yep. We did. Yep. It was the way the game was played. The game today... Is no hesitation whatsoever. Yep. Once you make up your mind, don't nope. you dare change it because it'll never work out. Yep. And if it works out, it's by luck. Yep. It's Great. by luck. Somebody told me one time, I think he wore seven most of his career, and uh, he said the best pass in hockey is a rebound. Without a doubt, baby. <laughs> that, that was you. That was you. Well, the best pass in hockey is a rebound. You know, I feel I think that we get way too close to the net. Yeah. And the rebounds come out towards the hash marks. Yeah. And goalies kick them that way. They kick them that way because nobody's there. Exactly. And I, I, have a, I have a major problem with that, and I believe it's coaching. And I say that in all due respect yep. to the coaches because the game. And we know what they'll say to me if I say that? Well, the game is different than when you played, Phil. Well, yes, it is, except that you got to put it in the net <laughs> to win and you got to keep it out of your net to win. It, there's, every game has changed. Every single game has changed. But there's certain aspects of every game. For instance, baseball. They still turn the double play the same way that Ty Cobb did. Exactly. You still have to hit the cutoff man the same time. Yep. Ty Cobb played, or yep. I, if I could ever think of a guy that was even before Ty Cobb, I would say his name. But the speaker? It, it, yeah. 
And it's the same That's here right. with our game. Our game, the most important areas in the rink for hockey is the blue lines. Couldn't it's, agree more. Is to, to stop the guys coming in on your blue line as much as possible. Challenge them as often as you can and make sure that you don't turn the puck over on their blue line. But, Chief, it's hard to do now because of the speed and you're not allowed to interfere. And you don't have the red line either, too. And you don't have the red line. I understand that. I understand that. So that's harder to do nowadays, yeah. and I understand that part yeah. of it with it, too. That's why I was always against taking a red line out. That Really. And and we have more icings than we've ever had in exactly. our lives. I know. Ever. Well, okay. because the outlet pass is, is uh, the, fi- the the rink's 200 foot long. So it's a 100 foot try to make a 100 foot pass. 100 foot pass zone. through eight guys. Yeah. I <laughs> You're right. Eight guys, four of yours and four of theirs. And you know what? Coaches get blamed for everything, but the players are on the ice. Yep. They're performing. That's exactly right. And the coaches can do so much. And if the player doesn't execute that play or that series, what's the coach supposed to do? It's when you make stupid mental plays in your own zone. Or, for me, the middle of the ice, you cannot turn the puck over between... Your red line, the red line, and your blue line. That is key. Oh, I know. Or in your own zone. You might be able to turn it over a little bit in the other zone if there's a guy standing back that's a back checker. Yeah. And years ago it was first guy in, take the man, second guy, take the, the puck, puck, third guy, stay high. Yeah. It was a simple, simple rule. And. If you take a look at teams and why Carolina is so hard to play against is that where you generate your speed in our game is through the neutral zone. Yep. And you've got to make sure that you clog that neutral zone so they can't get their speed up. Absolutely. Because I always think about Cash. Every time I try to explain that, Wayne Cashman, he'd always say, and he'd tell his defenseman, what would you like to do? Would you like to stand in front of a guy that's going two miles an hour or a guy that's going 22 miles an hour? (laughs) <laughs> so get on him before he gets easily. And he's right. But that you know, I, you and if the guy beats you, he beats you. Yeah. That's it. But the thing is, if you if you uh, you harass the puck carrier, which Carolina does all the time, you are going. You'll come with away with the puck more times than not. You like Carolina for? I don't know what's wrong with them now because they're a totally different team now than they were last year and the year before. But I don't got, know if they got the great goaltending enough. That's my thing. I, I don't know if they do too. because you know what? I mean, they've got some pretty good scores, but and they're hard to play with. Like Very it's hard. like playing against like playing in seaweed. Hey. They're on you like lint to a woolen blanket. Yeah. I mean, God, how pain in the ass is that? Yeah. They don't right. they, it's a man to man kind of They game don't give you any Roddy, room. Roddy Brindamore has taught them that you it's a man to man game. It's like a full court press in basketball. Absolutely right. And 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 I go, geez, that, that's hard to play, but because everybody collapses now, everybody collapses, everybody yeah. collapses now, which gives a guy when you get in your zone so much time and space to make a play. And these guys are so skilled now that that play is going to be made. You got to get on that puck here everywhere, yep, to eliminate it. And so they don't have that time because they're too damn good. Well, you know what, um. 
we're coming to a close of another great storytelling. I I know it's called a podcast. We gotta we we gotta start giving uh, Austin some no dose because he's starting to fall asleep. Is he? Is he? <laughs> Maybe we we'll get him a martini. Maybe there you he'll go. wake up for crying out loud. Jeez, come on, Austin, <laughs> up and at him, baby. <laughs> He's ready to go. Yeah. You're up next. Psst, go. But anyway, we've enjoyed it. Yep. And uh, I want people to know, we do this from Bernini's, Nibor. Jason is my very good friend, friend of good chief, a good friend of Chiefs also. Uh, Fernandez owns a joint. and Good food. Too. And the yeah. food is good. Yeah. It really is. In fact, my family is waiting downstairs <laughs> to have dinner right now. Yeah. So I think we'll call it a day. I think we will. And we'll do, wait a minute, we've got to finish our martinis. Yeah. Chief, to you, my friend. To you. So, as Grace. we say, Ross Lonsbury, our old two team, you played with him too, used to say, there's to it and from it and to it again. If you don't get to it to do it, you'll never get to it to do it again. I like that, but I was going to say, to a goalie that I hated goalies, but to my friend, Chief, I love him. Bye. Thank you for listening to Martini Mondays with Phil Esposito and Bobby the Chief Taylor. New episodes drop every Monday in your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to tip your waitress and leave us a five-star review.